Hey, everybody, it's me, Donald Miller. And before we start today's episode, I have some big news. As of this month, Business Made Simple is officially part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. We are so honored to be part of the HubSpot family of shows designed to help professionals listen, learn, and grow by providing access to the world's leading B2B podcast like Success Story with Scott D. Clary, Being Boss with Emily Thompson, and us. You can check out all of these shows and more at HubSpot.com slash podcast network. Whether we like it or not, the lives we live are stories, and living a meaning-filled story does not happen by accident. In fact, living a good story is a lot like writing one. Unless you put in the work to write a good story, you may find you have lost the plot in your own life. You find yourself feeling restless, feeling bored, feeling hopeless. If you feel like you've lost the plot in your life, then this six-part limited series called Hero on a Mission, based on my book, Hero on a Mission, is just for you. It's all brought to you by the HubSpot Network. Your business, your relationships, your story needs to flow out of something. It needs a plot. If you've ever thought or wondered if life is meaningless, I want to convince you that it is not. There is, in fact, meaning in life, and there can be an experience of meaning for you, but only only if you take control of your own story. I'm Donald Miller, and I want to welcome you to this limited series all about becoming a hero on a mission. Today I want to talk about probably the darkest, hardest part of all the Hero on a Mission content, and that is the fact that there is a villain inside you. You know, there is a victim, a villain, a hero, and a guide inside of all of us, and that is why those four archetypes tend to show up in stories. In stories, they are separate people. The reality is we all have a villain side, and the most dangerous thing that you can do is pretend you don't. Because self-awareness about what my villain is doing and what they're trying to do and what they're tempted to do is the only thing that can really save you from letting that villain go too far. And just like victim mentality, which we talked about in a previous episode, villain mentality will ruin your story. I I believe both victim energy and villain energy are coping mechanisms. I believe they're both based in fear, the fear of facing a challenge, the fear or the the laziness, the unwillingness to actually do the hard work to transform into the person that we have to be. Therefore, we see ourselves as a victim who does obviously does not have to transform because they are they are under such unjust and undue pressure. Are there real victims? Yes, there are real victims in the world. Villain energy actually says, I'm sick of this world. This world has been unjust to me. I am therefore going to be unjust to the world. A villain almost always, almost always believes they have a righteous cause. That's why it's so dangerous. There, there are so few villains, including you and I, when we've acted as villains, and I have, I've acted as villains, who did not believe this person deserves it. Or my cause is so righteous that I can do wrong in order to support my cause. I, I literally see this all the time. And that's villain. That's a villain way of thinking. It's a villain way of thinking. And the only reason we're talking about this in this special episode of the podcast is because 
if you surface villain energy, it will ruin your story as quickly or maybe even more quickly than uh, victim energy. I started writing a chapter for Hero on a Mission called How to Be a Proper Villain. I wanted to explain the characteristics of villains in literature, and I wanted to talk about where those characteristics come from, because of course they come from us, they are in you. And I end up starting this chapter, and it was so dark and so troubling that I didn't finish it. And when I turned in the book, I always thought, I wonder what the book would be like if I had to put that chapter in there. But, but you know, when you really talk about villains, you can have this sort of light, cute treatment of them. But in the end, a villain is only interesting and only makes the story great if they are deadly and evil. You'd ha- I would have had to have gone there in the chapter. The reality is most people aren't actually 100% villainous. They have heroic energy. They have guide energy. They have victim energy. But the more we operate out of villain energy, the darker our lives get and the more damage we do in the world. And I just thought this book right now, as it stands, doesn't need this. However, I've always wanted to talk about it. (laughs) I've always wanted to talk about it because I think it's, well, bottom line, I just think it's interesting. And it's something we need to be aware of in terms of protecting ourselves from our own villainous energy and knowing how to operate with villains out in the world. A villain as a rule, makes others small. A villain believes they are above the law, they are above the ethical standards of their community. A villain believes that they are like God, in a sense, that because they are so good, they can be bad. And what happens to a villain then is, first of all, people isolate the villain. They get away from the villain. So a villain almost lives in isolation, except that they have minions. They have minions that are scared of them, intimidated by them, and try to associate with their power because minions believe they get their power from other people. Minions believe that if I serve and submit to the strong figure, that strong figure will will back me up and will give me some sense of security. That's the relationship between a villain and a minion. You see that all over the place. The villain never, by the way, backs up the minion. Never. They never come to the, the minion's support. The minion was a pawn the whole time. If they're a real villain, they're operating purely out of villain energy. They they just use people. All right, before I even get into some of this stuff so that we can be more self-aware about when villain energy surfaces within us, which it does all the time, certainly every week, if not every day, some villain energy rises up in me. It's usually some cynical, I'm better than them, they're so stupid kind of mentality. But sometimes it's just like, look, I'm going to punch you in the face because uh, you're punching me in the face, right? You know, whatever. And sometimes it's just, you know, I just think I'm better than that person. I think I'm smarter or whatever. I'm not open to anything they have to suggest because they are small and I'm big, right? Before we get into any of that, we have to beware. And this is what we have to beware of. Labeling somebody as a villain is often villainous behavior. I'm going to repeat that. Labeling somebody as a villain is often villainous behavior. Let me give you an example. If somebody says, you know, look, so-and-so is awful uh, to their employees. They're terrible to their team. They're terrible to whatever. They made this statement six or seven years ago. Uh, And that's all they are is that statement. And not doing a nuanced due diligence search into who they are as a whole person. Now, think about it. If you say that person made this awful statement, Let's cancel them. It's one of the reasons I'm not a big fan of 
cancel cultures because it's not a nuanced way of thinking. It's actually, it actually can be incredibly manipulative. I have a friend who came out on his own accord and confessed that uh, some statements that he had made and some things that he had written 20 years ago, he no longer agreed with and wanted to set the record straight and say, I think these things might have been unhealthy. At that confession, an entire group of people came out to cancel this person. Think about what this person is doing. They're actually confessing and saying, I was wrong and I don't want anybody to be led astray. Isn't that what you want from people who make mistakes? And so what happened was this entire cancel culture that came up and said, that's our new villain, let's attack them. And not, not giving grace or saying, thanks, what a role model you are for so many other, other people. Seeing their ability to attack, they were saying, that person is smaller than us, let's take them down. It's just confusing because they were saying, look, that's the villain, let's go get them. When in fact, if you, if you look at it very closely, they are surfacing villain energy to attack someone who confessed they had been a villain in the past. It is complicated, isn't it? It's complicated. When we vilify a person or a type of person or a category of person in order to justify us getting what we want, when we use somebody else as a villain in order to look like the hero, we have to be very careful because we may in fact be the villain ourselves or certainly summoning villain energy. You know, unpredictability is part of what makes starting and growing a business both exciting and let's be honest, terrifying. From the next loan payment to your next big sale or your next acquisition, finding predictability in business is about as likely as finding a last minute Valentine's Day dinner reservation. It is unlikely. A HubSpot CRM platform, though, is here to help you grow and scale with you through uncertainty so you can spend your time getting to that dinner reservation. HubSpot's reporting dashboard is like your crystal ball, giving you a bird's eye view on your marketing, sales, and customer service performance. You can get ahead of any issue before they happen. And shared inboxes make incoming chats and emails easy to manage and scale for everybody. Learn more about how a HubSpot CRM platform can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. And now back to the show. We see this, by the way, in the media all the time. You know, as media gets polarized and as more 24-hour news stations actually choose to support a confirmation bias. By the way, that's what they're Fox News is choosing to support a confirmation bias. Breitbart is choosing to support a confirmation bias. MSNBC, and to some degree, I really believe CNN is choosing to support a confirmation bias because they can make money. They can make money if they just have a perspective and tell you what you want to hear. What they need more than anything else then are villains. We need villains on the left that are just so awful and terrible and want awful things for the world because that gives us a powerful sense of self-righteousness, which is addictive that we are right, they are wrong, we are good, they are bad, our story is beautiful, their story is ugly. That's addictive. Is it true? No, it's not true. We have turned that person into a villain. Same with the left on the right. They just want to destroy the world. They just want capitalists to win. They just want everybody to have a gun. They just want, no, they don't. There's reasonable thinking behind what some of these people are feeling and doing. But when we vilify them, progress ends. And we, in fact, become a villain when we do not do due diligence and find out 
exactly what's going on and instead just label people. We become a villain by calling them a villain. Now, here's where it gets even more complicated. There are actual villains, just like there are actual victims. There are times when we have to say, look, this person is out to destroy and, and we need to stop them. Here's one piece of advice I would give you. Contextually, in this context, this person is surfacing way too much villain energy, and we need to speak out against it. Are they a villain? That is a really judgmental thing to do, to say that somebody is bad and worth canceling and worth sending off to starve outside of the community. That's bad judgment, man. I mean, I, I wouldn't go there too, too quickly. I really wouldn't, because you, you might be playing the villain yourself. What makes a villain a villain? Well, they make others small. They diminish others. We do that, by the way, when we gossip about people, when we roll our eyes, when we dismiss their ideas. We make others small. That's, that's a mild amount of villain energy. We, we surface villain energy when we control others. If you are known as a bully, if you want people just to do what you want them to do, you are diminishing others. You are making them small. They aren't people. They are pawns in a game I am playing with the world. That is villain energy. I think we surface villain energy when we make ourselves big at the expense of the truth. When we are actually saying, I am this kind of person, I've accomplished this, I've come... We make ourselves big, and those are, those are exaggerations in order to get what we want. We are making ourselves big, bigger than ethics and truth would allow. I think we're surfacing villain energy. I think definitely if you are hurting, offending, abusing others in order to feel powerful, not to stop them from doing something evil, but in order to feel powerful, you are surfacing villain energy. And there are people who actually do that. It's hard for most of us to, to understand that, but I remember reading this study on the Catholic Church and the, and the priests who were doing awful things to kids, and the argument from this particular white paper was that it, it actually wasn't as sexual as you would think. It was about feeling powerful by taking somebody who had no ability to protect themselves and gratifying themselves in order to feel strong using somebody who is weak. That is the, the top level of villainous behavior. It's, it's a sickness. All that to say, I I, you see how I started with gossip and I ended with child abuse? There are percentages of villain energy that surface within us. And one of the best things that you can do is be aware, be self-aware. Sometimes you have to just say, I think that's the villain inside you that's about to speak, that's about to overreact, right? I think that's the villain inside you. And, you, and, and, and sometimes just being aware and calling it what it is will make it go away. In fact, a lot of times it will make it go away. I would also say this is a tactic to not playing the villain. You can lose a thousand battles and still win the war. In fact, often the way to win the war is to lose a thousand battles. What do I mean? I mean when villain energy surfaces and you know that you can absolutely insult in a meeting, insult this person who is stopping you from getting your way. You can prove your point 
it's verifiable that you are right and this person would be embarrassed and you would win this battle and you walk away from that table knowing that you won the battle and maybe even got what you want and everybody at that table walks away thinking that person scares me. They're willing to embarrass people in public. They're willing to diminish others. They act like a villain. They are a jerk. Being self-aware enough to know that, yes, you are right. Yes, you have a right to get what you want. But a villainous tactic is going to negate being right because you were right in what you wanted and you were wrong in how you went about it. And uh, people are going to marginalize you. Then they're going to seek justice. And depending on the situation, they're going to put you in jail or they're going to take you out. (laughs) <laughs> if you if you notice during this episode, oh my gosh, I'm a villain, I'm a villain, I play the villain. You're a, you're a lot of things. You're a victim, a villain, hero, a guy. Don't beat yourself up. If you are listening to this podcast, in fact, you are trying to become a better version of yourself, which is nothing that a villain would do. A villain has no interest in this episode of this podcast because a villain is scared to death of being found out and will not let go of its powerful coping mechanisms of making others small and hurting others. A villain doesn't want you to hear this podcast. So the very fact that you're actually interested and listening means you probably don't have a huge villain inside you. So I think it's safe for us to look at what a villain is. That way, if the villain tendency starts to creep up, you can recognize it, you can be self-aware, and you can do something about it. So with that, if you want to know more about Victim, Villain, Hero, Guide, the very first chapter of the new book, Chapter 1, breaks down the victim, the villain, the hero, and the guide. If you have not picked up your copy of Hero on a Mission, go to Amazon, Audible, Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy books. It will be your roadmap to crafting and creating a life of meaning and purpose, I promise. Just order Hero on a Mission today at Amazon, Audible, Barnes & Noble, or wherever you buy books. We've done a lot in this short Hero on a Mission series. We broke down Viktor Frankl's ideas about how to experience meaning in life. Then we went through how to create a climactic scene for your life, how to process your own death, how to write your own eulogy so you know where your life is heading. Then we talked about victim mentality and how if you start to be a hero on a mission, you will be tempted by victim mentality. We talked about villain energy today, about how that you have that in you and it will ruin your life if you surface too much villain energy and operate out of villain energy. Next week, we're going to talk about how to play the hero so that you can become the guide. When we're talking about a meaningful life, we're talking about a meaningful story. And in order to understand how to live a meaningful story, we have to know what character we are playing. And we want to play the hero who becomes the guide. So I've warned you about victim mentality. I've warned you about villain energy. And next week, we're going to say, okay, that's what we can't do. What can we do? When we replace victim mentality and villain energy with heroic and guide energy, there is less room for victim energy and villain energy to seep in. I wrote Hero on a Mission to be an antidote for victim mentality. It is the antidote to victim mentality, but you only stop playing the victim and for for that matter, the villain, when you actually start playing the hero. If this podcast has spoken to you, if it was meaningful to you, if this explains something in your life and you think it would be helpful for somebody else, please share. Send them the link to this podcast and hopefully we can all stop playing the villain and ruining ours and other people's story. Thanks for joining me for this six-part series in which I coach you on how to experience a meaningful life. By the end of it, I believe we will all be living as heroes in our own story and that is going to be a relief. 
No more restlessness. No more boredom. We'll see you next week. I'm in a state, stuck it away. I need a change. Feels like someone be there.